Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Exodus 31, 12 through 17, pages 68 through 69 in your pew Bible. The Lord said to Moses, you yourself are to speak to the Israelites. You shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, given in order that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it shall be cut off from among the people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, the Israelites shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested, and he was refreshed. Let me first say that if if, uh, you are retired and have not yet found a place to plug in and volunteer, Uh, I would like for you to take your excuses to the 96-year-old Barbara Haig (laughs) and tell her why you just don't have the energy to give anymore. I have her permission to tell her age. If I were doing all she's doing at 96, I would be bragging to everybody I was 96. About 25 years ago, I had the privilege of picking up Marva Dawn at the airport in Boston. Marva was a a theologian. She'd written 18 books. Uh, And sadly, we lost her beautiful soul in 2021. But she was to be the guest speaker at this lecture that I was a part of. And because she was almost completely blind, she had to have somebody do her driving and, and attend to her details in, in, the, in the transportation. So I raised my hand quickly. I was the one to go get her, drove out to Logan Airport, got all of her bags, did all of that. It was a great lecture. But the highlight of this whole week for me was my trip from Logan Airport back to Boston University, where we were stuck in Boston traffic, talking about theology and laughing. She was wonderful. She was smart and far more charming than most professors I know. I can say that because I was one. She gave me a copy of her most recent book, which was on Sabbath. She signed it for me. We laughed and we talked theology. She was one of the most fully alive people I have ever known and almost completely blind. Well, in preparation for this sermon on Sabbath, I pulled her book down off the shelf, and I got completely hooked again. 
I just started, I read the dedication page. Who gets hooked by the dedication page? But I was just drawn completely in. I say dedication page. It's actually two pages. And I'm not going to read all of it, but I do want to read selections from her dedication, from her book on the Sabbath, and ask you to see how many times you find yourself nodding and how many lines in this dedication snag you like it did me. Marva writes, This book is dedicated to all the people who need the Sabbath, the busiest who need to work from a cohesive, unfragmented self, to those who chase after fulfillment and need to understand their deepest yearnings and hear the silence, those who have lost their ability to play because of the materialism and technologization of our society, who need beauty and gaiety and delight. Those who have lost their passion and need to get in touch with feelings. Those who are alone and need emotional nourishment. Those who live in community and need solitude. Those who cannot find their life's priorities. Those who want to be God's instruments, enabled and empowered by the Spirit to be world changers and Sabbath healers. Well, if any of those lines landed, then you might need some Sabbath healing too. And this might not be the Sunday you want to nod off during the sermon. First of all, we need to get caught up on our story. Last week we were in chapter 20 of Exodus, and this week we have scooted all the way to chapter 31, but honestly not much has happened. After the encounter with God and Moses on Mount Sinai, there is this long treatment about laws and codes and regulations, laws about property, laws about restitution, social laws and cultic laws and all of that. There's also this section about the instructions given about how to build the ark, the the ark of the covenant, the wooden chest covered in gold with an elaborate lid called the mercy seat that would house the tablets of the Ten Commandments. And this would go before them in the journey accompanying them on the Exodus pilgrimage. According to the book of Hebrews, The ark also contained Aaron's rod and a pot of manna. But after it was constructed, it was to go in front of the Hebrew people throughout the rest of this wilderness wandering, symbolizing the presence of God in their midst. In the following chapters, there's more teaching. There's no traveling chapter after chapter about how to construct the lampstand, the table, the priestly vestments. How should priests be ordained? How should the offerings be collected? You see 10 or or so chapters of instructions, instructions, instructions. There is not much of the travel narrative going on. But there's also not any complaining going on, and it's been a few weeks, hasn't it, since we heard them complain. 
But in the list of instructions, we find today's Scripture, this section on Sabbath keeping. And we know the importance of Sabbath because it was on the two tablets last week, right? But Exodus is underscoring the importance of Sabbath here in the 31st chapter. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. And so Exodus is saying, just in case you didn't pick up on the importance of Sabbath rest when it was read from the stone tablet, let's mention this again. And this section seems to underscore our need for renewal with urgency and danger warnings. Yes, there are danger warnings in today's reading. In the six verses of Scripture that was read, death is mentioned twice. Now, how's that for getting your attention? Whoever profanes it will be put to death. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Well, as we said last week, it's not so much that we break the Ten Commandments as they break us. Failure to observe God's clear hope for our lives ends in disaster. It's like, it's like ignoring the manufacturer's warnings and operating instructions. We are designed to work hard for six days and give one day for worship and friends and family and rest and renewal. Now, farmers know you can't plant the same crop in the same acre over and over and over. Crop rotation is the practice of letting the soil rest so it can regain its nutrients. And you can choose to ignore that. I mean, you can choose to just keep planting crops in the same acre if you want and reap and sow and plant and replant and keep pounding the soil. But one day, There'll be no nutrients left at all. And you can work seven days a week if you want to and fail to rest and renew and worship, but only if you want to work yourself to death. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. And at some point, living outside the rhythms of God's design will take its toll. Have you ever noticed that this is the only one of the Ten Commandments we actually brag to each other about breaking? Right? Oh, you don't ever hear anybody say to his buddies, lied today, really coveted Jim's Jaguar. But we take this weird pride in telling people, had to go to the office on Sunday. Just couldn't go to church. I had to go to the office. I'm behind. It's too busy. I have to catch up. It, it was important. Just got behind. I, my work is valued. If I don't do it, nobody else on the team can do it. I, it's just pretty much me. Whew. We're in the season of Lent. A season of self-reflection, repentance, 
So I probably ought to start with my own mea culpa on this one. I spent my first years as pastor of this church auditioning. This is my first pastorate ever. I came from the seminary classroom. And I thought, maybe if I work long enough and hard enough, I can prove myself. It's Buckhead after all. They're going to really admire me if I put in a Buckhead-worthy work week. I'll earn their respect. And then last summer on my sabbatical, I confronted my sin. I'd been pastor here eight years, and I had never taken all of my vacation. Eight years, I had never taken all of my vacation. Hear me, I am not bragging, I am confessing. I was too insecure, too necessary, too all-important to the system. Now, I took time off for the family beach vacation. I took time off to go to family weddings. I took time off if somebody invited me to some golf junket or whatever. Whenever something presented itself, I, I had the time. I'd, I'd take the time off. But I just could not bring myself to just get away for the sake of my own soul. I couldn't say to myself, if I don't take Sabbath rest, if I don't let the nutrients come back into the soil, I will die. Well, shame on me. I know that a third of the American workforce works on the weekend. So how do you keep Sabbath if you work in retail or food service, hospitality? What if your nursing shift lands on a Sunday? Well, let's go ahead and state the obvious. All of your ministers work on the Sabbath too. So maybe we can't be too legalistic about a Sabbath Sunday, but to say I have to work on Sundays is to dismiss the Sabbath commandment way too easily. If we have not incorporated the principles of Sabbath renewal, we will die. Death takes different forms. A friend told me a few years back, he said, I'm going to have to make some changes in my life. First, let me tell you that this friend represents everything we celebrate. He's, his marriage is fine. His girls were thriving in college. He's good-looking. He's exceptionally fit. He is a raging professional success, but he was dying. He said, I get up in the morning. I take a concoction of workout supplements that basically amount to uppers. They get me ramped up for my morning workout. I work out like a fiend. I can bench press more right now at age 50 than I was ever able to as a younger guy. I work all day. I often work into the night. I'm producing better work than ever. I'm enjoying the most professional success of my life. 
I get home late. I usually have to eat out of the fridge because everybody else is usually eating by the time I get home. And after dinner, I drink three or four bourbons, crash, start all over the next day. I've got everything I ever wanted. And I feel broken and empty and depleted and something has to change. Here's another clue that the Sabbath discipline might be calling. I mentioned the sabbatical I took this summer and early into our sabbatical, I think it might have still been the first week First stop was Amsterdam, second stop was Paris. We were in Paris. I'm very early into this sabbatical rest. And Melissa and I had a day planned at the Louvre. It might be my only time ever to get to the Louvre, and I couldn't wait. And I was quick-stepping all the way through this fabulous art gallery. I'm going to see. I wanted, there was so much I wanted to see. I wanted to check off nearly everything. You can't do that in a day, by the way. But I wanted to figure out how many things I could see, how many things I could check off. And then it hit me. I'm rushing in an art gallery. Right? I mean, there's a problem in the soul if you're hurrying in an art gallery. But I had stuff I wanted to accomplish in an art gallery. If you're hurrying in an art gallery rather than letting the beauty do its work on you, something might be out of kilter. But I'm conditioned to frenzy and productivity. Aren't you impressed? There is a way to reset this frenzy. It's a a spiritual practice that's been observed for more than a thousand years before Christ. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. We set aside a day when we are not under any compulsion to produce. We're given a day to be with those we love and to focus on relationship and discover more of the gift they are to us. We set aside a day to remember that we are valued in God's sight. We are loved. We are loved beyond measure by the holy creator of the universe and it has nothing to do, nothing to do with what we produce. And as we do that, the nutrients start to make their way back into the soil. In worship and relationship, play and rest, our lives start to repair themselves. We stop trying to conquer our outer world and we go inside and do some work trying to conquer our inner world. We put down electronics and pick up toddlers. We take time to notice beauty. We remember the things that make delight bubble up in us. 
We stop doing long enough to feel again. We ponder priorities, nurture values. We worship and think about God's purposes in the world and whether or not our lives align. We read devotionally. We redeem our suffering into meaning-making. We remember where our passion lives. We feel the love of God, the unwavering love of God, and we respond in adoration. And we rest, (laughs) and the nutrients return. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. The book of Exodus is not speaking in hyperbole when it says, everyone who profanes it will be put to death. We will learn the rhythms of God's design or we will work ourselves to death. And the first things to die will be beauty and passion and feelings and play. If you find any of these things just beyond arm's reach, it is a sure sign that Sabbath neglect is killing you. It is killing you already. The good news is that God keeps inviting us back into covenant, back into the practices of God's beautiful design. If you find that you are numb more often than you feel fully alive, then I have a recommendation. This year, don't give up something for Lent. This year, start something. Start a new and serious practice of Sabbath. And keep it with a fierce dedication until you feel the delight come back. And one day when you see beauty and you feel whole and you laugh easily and you feel loved, you will know that the nutrients are back and you have been restored by the grace of God's desire. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.